0: Happy Monday, one and all. It is the last day of January 2022. And I am your host, Kevin McDonald, here at the NMPBS studios. We hope that it has been a good weekend for you. We have got new content for you and new content coming this week. As always, first things first, let's remind you, if you like the legislative coverage, we are once again partnering this year with KUNM Radio on the Your New Mexico Government Project, where we keep track of everything in the legislative session, try to make things more accessible and transparent to you if there are things you want to follow. And so there are podcasts uh, coming out there Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Again, Your New Mexico Government, YNMG, available wherever you get your podcasts, so we encourage you to get signed up for that, but be looking for a new episode of that today as well. Here on the show, we're going to pick up where we left off in the last episode, talking about other legislative items, Uh, the focus of the last episode, all about the voting reform issues that are going to be coming up and talked about in the legislative session, This time around, we're going to talk to our line opinion panel about one of the other big ticket items on the governor's priority list for the state of the state. That is hydrogen. Uh, Governor Michelle Lohan Grisham's talked often about wanting to become a hydrogen hub, but it is a controversial issue and a really cutting edge issue. And it all has to do with uh, natural gas drilling and Um, capturing carbon emissions and a lot of complicated issues uh, and whether or not it's truly green uh, with the amount of emissions that are created. So there are a lot of questions there. Lawmakers have started to take up that conversation and will continue to do so. But we wanted to uh, get the take of our line opinion panelists on this. Also be looking tomorrow for a Facebook Live with our land correspondent, Laura Paskus. Where we get in, uh, much more information about what this hydrogen hub really is, what the science is. Uh, so, sort of a 101 for you. So, be looking for that about lunchtime tomorrow. But here, again, as a reminder, our line panelists in our most recent show regulars diane snyder and Dee, Dee feldman both former state senators from different sides of the aisle and algernon de from the las cruces sun news a reporter and columnist there so here they are diving in to the hydrogen hot tub
1: another piece of legislation for lawmakers to consider has already gotten some attention from the public IF PASSED, THE HYDROGEN HUB DEVELOPMENT ACT, AS IT'S CALLED, WOULD CREATE INCENTIVES FOR HYDROGEN PRODUCTION AND DISTRIBUTION. THE GOVERNOR IS TOUTING THIS AS A GREENER ALTERNATIVE TO FOSSIL FUELS, BUT A RECENT STUDY BY CORNELL AND STANFORD UNIVERSITIES FOUND THE PROCESS OF GENERATING SO-CALLED BLUE HYDROGEN CREATES 20% MORE CARBON EMISSIONS THAN BURNING NATURAL GAS OR COAL FOR HEAT. PROTESTERS EVEN RALLIED AGAINST THE PLAN INSIDE THE CAPITOL DURING THE GOVERNOR'S STATE OF THE STATE ADDRESS. YOU MIGHT HAVE HEARD ABOUT THAT. HOW DIFFICULT WILL IT BE TO SELL THIS PLAN, D.D. FELDMAN, TO THE LEFT WING OF THE DEMOCRATIC PARTY THAT HAS A LOT OF PUSHBACK BUILT UP SO FAR?
2: Well. WHEN YOU TAKE A REALLY COMPLEX MATTER LIKE THIS, mm-hmm. THAT I BELIEVE IS NOT REALLY READY FOR PRIME TIME ANYWAY BECAUSE IT REQUIRES MORE STUDY, right. AND THEN YOU HAVE 30 ENVIRONMENTAL GROUPS OPPOSED, uh, IT LOOKS LIKE THE the LEADERSHIP OF THE DEMOCRATIC LEGISLATURE IS OPPOSED OR FEELS AT LEAST THAT IT NEEDS MORE STUDY. Mm-hmm. Um, THEN I THINK THAT IT'S GOING TO BE a, AN UPHILL BATTLE. Uh, but IT uh, doesn't mean it's not worth studying, right? Uh, doesn't, and I was really encouraged that there was um, there was a MOU uh, that was issued between Los Alamos and uh, the Environment and Energy and Minerals Department mm-hmm. to study this. But at present, um, I think that uh, there are many progressives that are convinced that this uh, that this idea of hydrogen really will produce more carbon uh, at the current proposal mm-hmm. than it will uh than it will save uh and help us reach our goal of uh, getting to a carbon neutral state by 2050 it'll extend the time uh, for nas- nas- natural gas production and i ah. think that the that the oil and natural gas companies are Are looking at this as a, you know, as as a transition to help them, uh, and as we work toward a carbon neutral. Mm -hmm. But right now, the technology for um, either uh, sequestering the methane in the ground, right, um, or limiting emissions, it's just not there yet.
1: It's a lot to consider, and Algenon. YOU KNOW, PRESIDENT BIDEN HAS ALREADY BEEN A VOCAL SUPPORTER OF A SHIFT TOWARDS HYDROGEN POWER. IN FACT, I'M SURE YOU RECALL ENERGY SECRETARY GRANHOLM WAS OUT HERE IN NEW MEXICO ON A TOUR ABOUT HYDROGEN NOT A FEW MONTHS AGO. THEY SAY IT'S A PATHWAY TO REDUCING CARBON EMISSIONS AS IT BECOMES MORE ENVIRONMENTALLY SAFE, AS Didi JUST MENTIONED, BUT THE KEY HERE IS LOTS OF SCIENCE TO BE WORKED OUT TO MAKE HYDROGEN DEVELOPMENT MORE EFFICIENT. HOW DOES THAT NATURAL PRESSURE PLAY INTO THIS IDEA TO PASS THIS NOW AND FIGURE IT OUT later? OR IS IT PRUDENT FOR THE ENVIRONMENT TO JUST KIND OF WAIT ON THIS AND STUDY?
3: YOU KNOW, PRESIDENT BIDEN IS A CHARISMATIC GUY, Mm -hmm. BUT PHYSICS IS WHAT WE'RE UP AGAINST. AND PHYSICS IS NOT SUBJECT TO POLITICAL INFLUENCE OR LOBBYING, AND THAT'S WHAT WE'RE UP AGAINST. Mm -hmm. UNFORTUNATELY, AS HUMAN BEINGS, WE ARE STUCK IN ARGUING ABOUT SOLUTIONS IN THE FRAMEWORK OF OUR POLITICS, right. WHICH IS VERY, VERY MUCH TIED UP IN our uh, HOW OUR CAPITALIST SYSTEM INCENTIVIZES AND DISTRIBUTES REWARDS AND INVESTMENTS. Mm-hmm. AND SO um, WE'RE KIND OF LIMITED IN OUR ABILITY TO GRAPPLE WITH THE REALITIES OF CLIMATE TRANSFORMATION AND WHAT OUR TRUE PREDICAMENT IS. and the clicking stopwatch in terms of slowing down the heating of our planet mm-hmm. hydrogen production unfortunately where you get into the implacability of physics is that it takes energy to create energy right. and we don't really have a way of producing hydrogen as yet that doesn't put us back in the situation where we're injecting carbon uh into our atmosphere or even at showing an ability to enforce compliance with what we can do as far as sequestering carbon and assuring that the technology meets the targets that are required, mm-hmm. um, so there's an awful lot to talk about. But what we're up against is a hard time limit and just the implacability of physics. That's right. You know, Senator Snyder, uh, Los Alamos has been in this game for a long
1: time of hydrogen, about 40 years. And as Senator Feldman just mentioned, several agencies, including the Environment Department, the Natural Resources Department, uh, ED, Economic Development Department, have all signed that memo of agreement with Los Alamos, Sandia, promising continued research focused on developing zero-carbon hydrogen. Shouldn't this have come before we rolled this idea out? I mean, folks have been on this for a long time. To task these folks to do it now would seem like we're a bit behind the curve, unless I'm missing something here.
4: No, I, I think you're accurate. I think Cindy Feldman is accurate in what she said, and I think Algernon is also accurate. The thing that I see and the reason we need to do it now mm-hmm. is we're competing against at least 48 other states right. for that those billions of dollars that are coming from the feds yep. to set up four, just four, hydrogen centers. And we want New Mexico to be one. Mm-hmm. So there there's that push that we really need to do the the legal part now but you're right we should have been looking at this for some time because right here with the labs we have the expertise we could have already been moving in that direction Mm -hmm. and I'm afraid that part of it, it has gotten up caught up in that old fight between the environmental community and the oil and gas community and I think I think we should have put that aside and looked at hydrogen prior to coming to this point where we're really in a bit of a time crunch to have the money, Mm -hmm. to to get the money Mm -hmm. from the feds to make one of the four hydrogen centers in New Mexico. So yeah, I think we're kind of putting the, the old saying goes, the cart before the horse here. But part of us. I'm, I look at we don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. If we're going to play in the in the, with the big boys in the g- big game, yep. then we need to have the legal part in place. That's but as point. Senator Fellman said, when you have the Democratic leadership in both chambers expressing concerns about it, I wouldn't I wouldn't say this is going to pass. Mm-hmm. I think we really will put together. Um, a commit a interim committee that will work on it and focus on it, or a task force, something that would allow the people from Los Alamos and Sandia to also participate right. in the discussions, not just legislators. That's an interesting point so,
1: there. Yeah, just a breakaway group that can folks yeah. can put their heads down and really kind of get after this. That's actually a very interesting idea, Senator Feldman. Please, it looks like you want to yeah. say something there.
2: Yeah, I do. I I think that um, we are caught in a bind here. If we want to capture the the national uh, MOMENTUM mm-hmm. ON THIS, BUT WE HAVE TO BE VERY CAREFUL. IT'S NOT JUST A MATTER OF ESTABLISHING A LEGAL FRAMEWORK. IT'S A MATTER OF NINE DIFFERENT TAX BREAKS AND INCENTIVES AND CUTS THAT ARE GOING TO BE GIVEN uh, FOR MANY YEARS TO THE DEVELOPERS OF THESE FACILITIES AND uh, THIS NEW, uh, unproven uh fuel source mm-hmm. so that's that's the bind we're always in in terms of economic development we give all these tax cuts and all these uh all these breaks incentives uh and bonds and so on to uh, companies we're hungry for the job we want that facility at escalante uh, out near Pruitt to be uh used again and jobs there but we have been burned so many times in the past by by that kind of action. That's right. The but two words "yellow
1: yellow cake" come to mind exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But sometimes mm-hmm. we win.
4: We sometimes we win. Right. We look at all the fights that went on about the movie industry and the tax break and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it took them a while, but they're becoming successful for New Mexico. Good
1: point. Al- now, sure. a point here: How big is this hydrogen opportunity? The one thing I'm missing here, or I'm waiting to hear from this administration or anybody else, is what are we talking about here? If we if we invest, 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 is this a sure thing? Is this going to be leapfrogged by something else down the road? I mean, how how in should we be on this? Is, is it huge? Is it going to you know be New Mexico's number one you know money maker? What's your what's your sense of it? Opportunity
3: to do what? Thank you. And for whom? Uh, IS THIS AN OPPORTUNITY TO REDUCE CARBON EMISSIONS THAT ARE HEATING THE PLANET, THAT ARE uh, PUTTING US ON AN UNTENABLE COURSE TO WHERE uh, GLOBAL CLIMATE CHANGE IS GOING TO IMPACT OUR CIVILIZATIONS? Mm -hmm. I DON'T KNOW. IS THERE AN OPPORTUNITY FOR SOME ACTORS TO MAKE MONEY? YES, PROBABLY. Mm -hmm. Um, SO WHAT IS THE OPPORTUNITY THAT WE FEEL the greatest imperative to pursue and what are we willing to how, how are we willing to allocate and prioritize that if mm-hmm. it's about addressing the climate situation. Is, is this where we need to be looking, is this what we need to be spending our time on right now um, the problem with addressing climate change is that there's transformation and technological change and I suspect societal changes. That are required of that. And not all of that is sensible or meaningful from the perspective of profit.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll remind Senator Feldman mentioned that uh, the old mine out Escalante, that's now owned by a Texan who got his financing through Blackstone. Uh, we're talking tons of money. So not everyone's going to be able to play in this space, it's going to be the usual actors. If, we get, IF YOU'RE FOLLOWING MY TRAIL HERE, SO THIS IS GOING TO BE VERY INTERESTING to SEE HOW THIS PLAYS OUT. THANK YOU ALL FOR YOUR THOUGHTS ON THIS DEVELOPING ISSUE. WE'LL BE TRACKING THIS HYDROGEN HUB DEVELOPMENT ACT AS IT MOVES THROUGH THE LEGISLATURE. Now, ANOTHER ISSUE SURE TO GET ATTENTION FROM LAWMAKERS AND VOTERS, THE GOVERNOR'S PROPOSED TAX CUTS. I SPOKE WITH TAX EXPERT RICHARD ANKLEM FROM THE NEW MEXICO TAX RESEARCH INSTITUTE TO FIND OUT HOW MUCH AN IMPACT THOSE CUTS COULD HAVE FOR CITIZENS RIGHT HERE IN OUR
0: STATE. Again, if you don't already subscribe to follow us and like us on Facebook, encourage you to do that so you can be there for more on the Hydrogen Hub discussion tomorrow, 1130, with Laura Paskus uh, uh, there on Facebook Live or YouTube Live if you prefer and want to follow us there. We'll be in both those places, so stay tuned for that. In the State of the State Address, the governor also pointed out this year about her proposals for tax cuts, primarily gross receipts tax, which hasn't been cut in decades, and Social Security tax cuts. Both of those ideas will probably have large bipartisan support, uh, but what will the impact really be for everyday New Mexicans? That was the thing we wanted to go find out. And as usual, when it comes to tax things, there's one place we go first, and that's the New Mexico Tax Research Institute policy. And the president, There, Richard Anklum, friend of the show, host Gene Grant caught up with him late last week to get a little primer on these tax cut issues and what it all means for you. So here is their conversation.
1: Hey folks, thanks again for joining us. I'm talking with Richard Anklum. He is the director of the New Mexico Tax Research Institute. As you know, there are a number of proposals by the governor for tax cuts this year during this session. Wanted to catch up with Richard on a couple of these things. Richard, thank you for joining us. First question, the governor has made it pretty clear in her state of the state address as well that the cuts to social security are on the table. There's been a bit of a mixed result so far. I'm curious How you see the proposal and what the results might be if passed?
5: Well, there's four or five proposals at least on the table right now. Um, Some limit the amount of income that is applied. One applies at least one um, a tax increase on cigarettes, I believe, um, to offset the cost of the of the deduction. It's a curious question. You know it it's it's like any any tax questions because you have winners and losers um -hmm. or in this case winners because we have excess dollars but at the end of the day you know three four years from now you have to pay for everything some way so as a tool to help poor families uh retired families uh it's it's not very useful because most poor retired families don't pay any tax on their social security as an economic development tool, um, it's more attractive. It checks a box, you know, with uh, uh, people, you know, that are looking for that sort of thing. But it, it, it's usually not as, as impactful as you might think, mm-hmm. uh, in in terms of dollars to an average family or someone moving here, you know,
1: someone looking to retire here, so to speak. It's not a yeah. it, exactly, and
5: and to a to. To, to the very wealthy it's it's you know Social security is limited um, mm-hmm. and, and it, it only represents so much income so mm-hmm. uh, so it's it, you know it, it it's like any other decision that legislators have to make it's it's popular it feels good um, it's one of the few proposals that I might personally benefit from mm-hmm. in the future mm-hmm. somehow hopefully um, but uh, you know but but again it, you know it we're in a populist Mode right now, okay. um, the state money we're in election cycle, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, you know, I don't think it delivers as much as it promises. Let
1: me ask you about another one. Then uh, the governor has proposed a one of quarter of one percent decrease in the gross receipts tax here. Same as what you're just describing about social security. Not much impact, or are we opposite here? Is this the opening SALVOED Perhaps is something a little more about reform on GRT. How do you see the proposal at, as it stands now? well um you
5: characterized it fairly well i i i believe it's a, reducing our grt rates is a good thing okay um they're too high they've they've increased dramatically you know over my career
1: mm-hmm.
5: uh and everything that's bad about our tax system pyramiding all that kind of stuff um is exasperated by the by rate increases mm-hmm. it, it counts you know as as these effects kind of cascade through the chain of commerce down to the consumers, you know, it, it helps households and businesses, sure. but it, but it's because it's broadly applicable, it's expensive. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if, if I'm a policymaker, as with all decisions, I, you know, everything, if you're a teenager, you know, with, with, with a credit card and you walk into a food court, right. Mm-hmm. Pizza looks good. The heroes look good. You know, maybe, you know, maybe some Thai over here. You know, they. <laughs> um, it all looks good. You yeah. know, and I, I can sell it all. I can spin anything in a positive direction and say this is a good thing. I like the but analogy. You, yes, <laughs> you've only got a twenty dollar, you know, bill in your pocket,
1: and and so well, Richard, well, is there a number in your mind that would have been? Again, you we're not talking policy here, but half a one percent. THREE QUARTERS OF ONE PERCENT? IS THERE SOMETHING THAT COULD HAVE GONE DEEPER HERE THAT WOULD HAVE PERHAPS GOT THIS OFF THE GROUND A LITTLE BIT MORE OR IS or ONE QUARTER OF ONE PERCENT A GOOD PLACE TO START?
5: WELL, IT'S it, it, it's A GOOD PLACE, YOU KNOW, TO HAVE A CONVERSATION. Um, AGAIN, WE HAVE TO REDUCE OUR RATES. THERE WAS A CONCERN on, on, ON THE PART OF SOME THAT LOCAL GOVERNMENTS WHO HAVE IMPOSITION AUTHORITY MIGHT BACKFILL THE CUT. Um, but some local governments, you know, are already at their maximums or close, or they have to go to the voters. Some don't, mm-hmm. uh, and and so whether that would happen or not, but that was a concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was conversations about limiting their ability to impose new taxes, but that's constraining, you know, local governments' ability. You know, they're saying, "Well, we're, we're not asking for this. Why are you going to constrain me?" Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's not in the proposal. But there's still a concern that. There MIGHT BE SOME backfills, SO THAT, YOU KNOW, THE BUSINESSES AND and, and INDIVIDUALS WOULDN'T BENEFIT IF THAT Mm -hmm. OCCURRED.
1: LET ME ASK YOU, uh, WE'RE WORKING THROUGH ALL OF THIS UNDER THE IDEA WE HAVE A BIG SURPLUS. DOES THIS CHANGE THE CONVERSATION SIGNIFICANTLY IN YOUR VIEW?
5: WELL, um, WITH THE SURPLUS, THERE'S A CONVERSATION AROUND RECURRING AND NON-RECURRING REVENUE. AND WHAT THAT, YOU KNOW, REALLY BOILS DOWN TO IS HOW MUCH of the excess money that we seem to have right now is available today, but how right. much of it is going to, you know, happen in the future over and over again? Right, um, that's recurring. Gotcha. And 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 so, a lot of our, you know, revenue is oil and gas dependent, um, and and other sources that fluctuate, you know, dramatically sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: So YOU have to be very very careful. Right now we have very strong reserves um and we have strong revenues and revenue forecasts and you know oil and gas prices are good and they they appear to be that way for for some time Mm -hmm. but but that's still what we're dependent on so whenever you create something that's permanent like a rate reduction or a social security exemption um, if you can afford it today that's great um can you afford it three years from
1: now Mm -hmm. if, if that revenue DISAPPEARS. THAT'S THE TOUGH PART FOR POLICYMAKERS, ISN'T IT? THAT'S THE DIFFICULTY RIGHT THERE, BEING ABLE TO FORECAST DOWN THE ROAD. Uh, RICHARD ANKLEM, NEW MEXICO TAX RESEARCH INSTITUTE. YOU'RE THE DIRECTOR. WE REALLY APPRECIATE YOUR TIME ON THIS. AS THESE BILLS MOVE ALONG, uh, MAYBE WE TAP BACK WITH YOU AND and KIND OF PICK UP WHERE THEY'RE GOING AND SEE WHERE THE FOLKS ARE are HEADED ON THIS. WE APPRECIATE YOUR TIME TODAY, THOUGH. THANK YOU VERY MUCH. THANK YOU. Mm -hmm. Appreciate.
0: And we'll round things out this week back with the Line Opinion Panel talking about political maneuvering. We're just a couple weeks into the legislative session. We know that's a part of things always, but the added level that this year is an election year for a lot of lawmakers in the House, also the governor, and uh, many of the statewide offices as well. So we are seeing all of that on full display And wanted to just talk about that with the line opinion panelists especially after the governor made such a strong point in her state of the state of calling for bipartisanship and working together for the people of New Mexico are we going to see that happen or are we going to see people uh, digging in in their reelection campaigns and that that is starting here in the legislative session so For some thoughts and discussion on that, let's head back to the Line Opinion Roundtable.
1: We're a week and a half into the 2022 legislative session, and we know the pace in the early days is not nearly as frantic as in those last days, that's for sure. Hours and minutes of any session, that's what it comes down to. We talked last week about how Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham made a plea to lawmakers to work together for their constituents and avoid division. And Algernon, what have you seen so far? Is anyone listening
3: in these early days? Well, they're listening, but if there's a gravitational pull to uh, some of the fault lines that mm-hmm. make it hard for lawmakers to work together across party lines, but there are also examples, uh, perhaps, that don't get a lot of attention because they're not as noisy mm-hmm. of lawmakers coming together and working on, you know, working on an idea that seems to transcend. The boundaries and the and honestly the social pressures of some of these partisan rifts.
1: Mm-hmm. Senator Snyder, um, the, I know you know this. This week we learned the Republican Party of New Mexico has filed a lawsuit, challenging 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 that validity of the state's newly redrawn congressional map. You might also recall lawmakers voted on this in a special session just last month, after hearing suggested maps from a new new citizens redistricting committee. As you recall, also bringing the suit are sitting Senator Dave Gallegos and former Senate pro tem. TIM JENNINGS, I KNOW YOU KNOW HIM AS WELL. THE LAWSUIT NAMES GOVERNOR, LIEUTENANT GOVERNOR SPECIFICALLY, AS WELL AS THE SECRETARY OF STATE, DEMOCRATIC LEADERSHIP IN BOTH THE HOUSE AND SENATE. WHAT DO YOU THINK THIS ALL LEADS?
4: WELL, I THINK IT LEADS TO OBVIOUSLY A COURT HEARING. I THINK WHATEVER THE APPEALS, WHATEVER THE COURT SAYS, AND BY THE WAY, IT'S FILED mm-hmm. IN THE FIFTH JUDICIAL DISTRICT, right. WHICH IS SOUTHEAST NEW MEXICO. Mm-hmm. SO I'M WILLING TO, JUST SPECULATING, I'M WILLING TO guess that it will be the the bill will be approved in the uh, request for redistricting in the fifth judicial. It'll then go to the appeals court and then it will go to the Supreme Court, regardless of which way this appeals court comes down on it. Mm -hmm. The thing that concerns me is if I've got my date right, filing for for, uh, congressional candidates and statewide candidates is March 15th. THAT'S NOT VERY very MUCH TIME BETWEEN right. NOW AND THEN TO GET ALL THESE COURT HEARINGS DONE. Right. I, I DON'T THINK THIS IS UNUSUAL. Uh, IN 2001 AND THEN uh, TEN YEARS LATER OR NO, 20 YEARS LATER, WE HAD REPUBLICAN GOVERNORS THAT VETOED THE BILLS. LAWSUITS WERE FILED MOSTLY BY THE DEMOCRATS. WE WENT TO COURT AND THEY WERE ALL WORKED OUT. AND THE LAST ONE WAS 2011 WHERE THE COURTS ACTUALLY DREW had had someone draw the the new districts um i particularly remember because they took they changed my senate district and literally took a little curve out and took me out of my just right so i couldn't run against the incumbent well anyway to make a long story short it's not uncommon to have challenges they're all over the country you're seeing challenges uh in some states they're uh REPUBLICAN CONTROL, THE CONSERVATIVES, AND THE DEMOCRATS ARE FILING THE LAWSUITS. SO I, I'M NOT DISTRESSED mm-hmm. BY THIS HAPPENING. Mm-hmm. I JUST THINK THAT FOR SOME OF US, FOR THE FIRST TIME, I ACTUALLY FEEL VERY, st- HAVE STRONG QUESTIONS ABOUT THIS BECAUSE I CANNOT SEE, AS HARD AS I'VE TRIED, COMMUNITIES OF INTEREST BETWEEN Hobbs AND ROSWELL AND uh, SANTA FE right. AND ALBUQUERQUE. That's right. AND THOSE DISTRICTS, IF YOU LOOK AT THEM, HAVE BEEN SOMEWHAT GERRYMANDERED. I JUST THINK, I JUST HAVE TROUBLE MAKING THAT WORK IN MY HEAD. Mm-hmm. AND THAT'S ONE OF THE MOST IMPORTANT THINGS THAT WE do, SHOULD BE DOING REDISTRICTING
1: on. Gotcha. ON
4: IS THE COMMUNITY OF INTEREST. SENATOR FELLMAN, so. DO
1: FOLLOW UP ON THAT, BUT I HAVE ANOTHER QUESTION FOR YOU, BUT I, I, I'M CURIOUS YOUR THOUGHTS ON WHAT SENATOR SNYDER JUST MENTIONED.
4: WELL,
2: I'M NOT SURPRISED EITHER. THAT THE REPUBLICANS HAVE FILED SUIT AS THE DEMOCRATS HAVE FILED SUIT AGAINST MAPS THEY DON'T LIKE IN OTHER STATES. THE STAKES ARE VERY HIGH uh, WHEN IT COMES TO CONGRESSIONAL MAPS IN PARTICULAR. Um, AND THAT'S WHAT'S AT ISSUE HERE. I THINK IT'S INTERESTING THAT uh, the Republican case is asking the court, uh, the state court in Roswell, not a federal court, but the state court in Roswell, to uh, adopt uh, the map that was put forward by the uh, Citizens Redistricting Commission. Well, my question is, which map uh, do they want the uh, court to adopt? Because the uh, they had three maps for the congressional district, and one of them was uh, MUCH MORE uh, DIVIDED WHEN IT COMES TO COMMUNITIES OF INTEREST THAN, uh, than THE uh, MAP THAT WAS ADOPTED BY THE LEGISLATURE AND SIGNED BY THE GOVERNOR. Mm-hmm. SO I THINK THAT THEY'VE, they've KIND OF, YOU KNOW, uh, THAT'S A PROBLEM THERE. Uh, f- AND uh, I DON'T KNOW EXACTLY how it, HOW IT WILL BE SOLVED. BUT THE DEMOCRATS HAVE A GOOD ARGUMENT. The Democrats, uh, the United Democrats, this time uh, have an argument that each district is becoming more competitive uh, in this new map, um, and uh, that's uh, in spite of the, uh, the the amalgam of rural and urban uh, communities within each district. Um, it's more competitive, and people say more. Uh, representative of New
1: Mexico as a whole. That's a. We can have another debate on that. I, my personal opinion is it makes it also less appealing as a candidate. Those kind of, you know, those kind of <laughs> districts. Let me ask you about the governor's uh, much HOOD proposal to cut the grocery receipts tax here in New Mexico. Senator Feldman, is this more show than substance, or, you know, it's an election year. What, what's your? I just. It, it's taken a pretty good whack as it's gone along here. What, what, what's going on here with this? Is, is it working?
2: I mean, if you want to uh, address tax reform, there are better ways of doing it mm-hmm. than this. Uh, this is uh, a small, uh, a small uh, decrease in gross receipts tax. Um, I would rather see uh, major, uh, major uh, offensives against um, the um, double taxation that some businesses uh, find. Mm-hmm. AND uh, I ALSO DON'T THINK THAT THE SOCIAL SECURITY TAX CUT THAT IS BEING uh, SUPPORTED BY THE GOVERNOR IS THAT right. MEANINGFUL FOR MIDDLE CLASS PEOPLE. Mm-hmm. Uh, SO I, YOU KNOW, I'M NOT I'M NOT THAT IMPRESSED. Uh, and, I d- AND THEY DO SEEM LIKE THEY'RE um, TARGETED MORE TO THE ELECTION THAN TO ACHIEVING REAL RESULTS.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, ALGIADON, ON WEDNESDAY WE ALSO SAW REPUBLICANS HAMMER HOUSE DEMOCRATS FOR TABLING A BILL THAT WOULD HAVE PUT A VOTE TO MEASURE TO CLARIFY THE NOW CONTROVERSIAL BAIL FORM MEASURE THAT VOTERS PASSED IN 2016. And REPRESENTATIVE BILL REAM DROPPED A PRESS RELEASE, MESSAGE OF BASICALLY, QUOTE, SO MUCH FOR THE GOVERNOR AND DEMOCRAT LEADERS AND QUOTE, TALK OF CRACKING DOWN ON CRIME. Uh, THAT'S JUST ONE BILL AND ONE ISSUE, BUT IS, is IT A SIGN OF SOMETHING?
3: Well, I think it's a sign that um, crime is still a very potent political issue. Mm -hmm. Um, It is because, in part, because it is something that the public is genuinely concerned about. Uh, Public safety is is an important matter, and there are very conflicting ideas about who should bear the burden of deciding whether somebody who has been charged with a very serious crime uh, can go free or Mm -hmm. not. And the the problem, of course, is that this is very easily demagogued. Uh, There are very different views in terms of the legality and um, the civil freedoms Mm -hmm. uh, principles. Uh, But there's also, there's a tension between that and the desire to make people feel as though they're being safe from dangerous people that they don't know a whole lot about. Mm -hmm. And that makes it very potent, and, and there's a high vulnerability of an important issue being worked out in the political framework yep. rather than in a, a legal framework. See the theme we got going here? There's a
1: theme here, isn't there, and how these things are handled. Uh, Senator yep. Snyder just got a little bit of time here, but the governor recently signed up to be a substitute teacher, as you know. I uh, got a lot of press out there in the national coverage uh, at Salazar Elementary in Santa Fe, of course. Uh, way of setting an example for others to help with teacher shortages. Did it work?
4: Well, we'll that we have that to see whether they will. Uh, we suddenly will be inundated with volunteers for mm-hmm. substitute. But I can't help uh, but chuckle just a little bit to follow up on what Algernon said. Is this? We, so many things get done for politics for political in election year let me rephrase that in election year you see so many things and i was thinking back Uh, we i don't remember her her, she didn't sign up as a substitute teacher but governor martinez frequently went to schools and and visited and talked with children i couldn't think of a single time when governor richardson did but i do know that alice king used Mm -hmm. to go and Yep. THINGS, NOT not GOVERNOR KING, BUT mm-hmm. ALICE WOULD GO AND DO THESE KINDS OF THINGS, AND I JUST THINK IT'S, the, FOR ME, THE PUBLIC SAFETY BILLS, GREAT IDEAS, MANY OF THEM, BUT IF YOU GO BACK AND LOOK, EVERY BILL TO ADDRESS EVERY SINGLE ISSUE IN THE GOVERNOR'S PUBLIC SAFETY PACKAGE WAS INTRODUCED OVER THE PAST 12 YEARS BY REPRESENTATIVE BILL Reen. Who is A FORMER LAW ENFORCEMENT uh, mm-hmm. OFFICIAL.
1: YOU got ABOUT 10 SECONDS. if you.
4: OKAY. Mm-hmm. IF WE REALLY WANTED TO MAKE uh, PUBLIC SAFETY CHANGES, WE COULD HAVE DONE IT BY WORKING TOGETHER. Mm-hmm. I'M AFRAID THAT IT LOOKS LIKE THEY'RE JUST POLITICAL OPPORTUNITIES.
1: I HEAR YOU. THANKS AGAIN TO OUR LINE PANEL, AS ALWAYS. THIS WEEK, BE SURE TO LET US KNOW WHAT YOU THINK ABOUT ANY OF THE TOPICS. A LOT OF INTERESTING STUFF HERE THAT WE COVERED. LET US KNOW HOW YOU FEEL ABOUT IT ON OUR FACEBOOK, TWITTER, OR INSTAGRAM PAGES.
0: All right, that'll do it for this episode of New Mexico and Focus, the podcast. Big thanks to the entire NMIF team, host Gene Grant and producers Lou Divizio and Kathy Wimmer and our land correspondent and producer Laura Paskus. Big special thanks also to the production team here at NMPBS and all of you who listen in and support the work we do. We want to know what you're paying attention to, what questions you have about the legislative session. You can drop us a line here or any of our social media channels, wherever you prefer. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can find us any of those places. Let us know what you think about the topics we've talked about in any of our recent episodes, what you'd like to see us tackle in an upcoming show. Always down to hear what you have to say. And we'll be back with much more discussion and conversation on the next New Mexico in Focus, the podcast. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy.